I just finished the book A Fate Inked in Blood, which is like this Norse-inspired fantasy romance novel that had some of the hottest spicy scenes that I've read in a, in a minute. And I'm currently in between books. So if you are like me and you're looking for another fantasy world to devour, Dipsy has got you covered. You can dive into spicy enemies to lovers tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your long morning walk, late night or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods. So if you're into Norse gods, you could switch to Greek gods, which could be fun. (laughs) Regency era historical fiction and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash just break up. Dipsystories.com slash just break up. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like DDing your date to his hookup, <laughs> opening Pandora's box, and getting dumped a lot. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> this is a salacious episode. Absolutely. Uh, but first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed by any governing body to provide this advice or to you. Or even non-governing. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody came to me and said, you are licensed, you know. No, absolutely to not. To give advice. No. In fact, no one asked for this. <laughs> we just decided to do it. This is 100% unsolicited. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this is all to say. Uh, please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome mm-hmm. to episode 43. 43. 43. It's happening. Excellent. Um, we are seven away from 50. <laughs> That's great. I know. I'm just excited. <laughs> uh, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to move into the content. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so we, uh, Sierra and I spent a lot of time this past week reading through a bunch of letters that we hadn't read through yet. Yeah, you guys are sending such amazing letters. Absolutely. From, let, me, let me tell the Just Breakup family that we are getting letters from across the world. And yeah, it is seriously. so surreal. It's crazy. Um, but I think it's it's refreshing and, and rewarding and encouraging to remember that, like, I don't know, heartbreak 
heartbreak is so universal. <laughs> yeah, right. It happens everywhere. <laughs> yeah, in the same way, constantly. Yeah. Um, and we love you, and we wish we could answer each of your letters, and we just can't. But we wanted to do something different. Yeah. So we um, read through a bunch of letters because we print them in batches and then like get together and read over the course of a few hours. 100% um, sober. <laughs> Uh, yes, it starts out sober for sure, but then by the end, maybe yeah. not so much. Um, so we just wanted to give a shout out to a few letter writers who didn't necessarily ask us questions, but just wanted to say nice things to us. And and we wanted to thank them for their kind words. Yeah, totally. So the first one is from Anonymous in Mexico, um, who talked about reading their first uh Dear Polly article recently and thanked us for for giving them that opportunity. So we just wanted to say thank you so much, Anonymous in Mexico City. Yeah. And we also want to say um, hi and we love you to Sergio, who is from Venezuela, but who's writing us from Argentina. We loved your letter and we love the positivity that you're bringing into our world. Absolutely. And then we wanted to give a special shout out to Rachel L., who is writing from Canada, who uh, blocked, 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 blocked someone and was asking us if it was the right decision. And we just want to say to you, Rachel, it was absolutely the right decision. <laughs> Sometimes we want to send you guys like TLDR, yeah. you know, versions of our advice, like break up, block him. You made the right choice. And and for that one, we just wanted to say you absolutely made the right decision. You did. Good and job, Rachel. Finally, um, Kelly, who is writing to us from her car in New York, who is a 50-year-old divorce, divorced mom of two teenagers. Uh, who is a big fan of the show. We just want to say thank you so much for your love and positivity and support. And we're so glad uh, that our podcast found you. Absolutely. Great. We did it. Yes. Yes, we did, Sam. <laughs> were, you were you waiting for some sort of no, no. reward? Yeah, I was waiting for Spencer to put a sound effect in. Like, burr, burr, burr. You know he's going to do it now. <laughs> he always asks us for what we do. Um, cool. You want to check in? Yeah, but in? Spencer, just so you know, I think you should do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I, I just want Sam to sit in that awkward silence. I think that after every letter, you should do that. <laughs> just to like, no, no, no. <laughs> make sure people know that we're like moving on to the next letter. Anyway, what's the check-in topic? <laughs> what is the check-in topic? Um, oh, the check-in topic comes from Erica Nicole, who's writing from Missoula, Montana, and she asks, how do you go about finding a therapist? Ah, great check-in topic. It is a great check-in topic because we talk about therapy on this podcast Yeah, we basically send everyone to therapy, (laughs) giving no financial support or direction. (laughs) Yeah, no, just like find a therapist. It's easy. The the big goal is to have um, just break up like therapy scholarships one day. Ooh. I know. I love that. We start a little foundation. Yeah, totally. However, um, I do want to, I, I feel like I need to dispel the idea that therapy is always something financially unattainable. Mm-hmm. I took a, like a first aid mental health training um, basically how to respond to people in mental health crises or mm-hmm. things like that. And the the woman who, who facilitated it was so knowledgeable and so well-spoken, and it was a really educational experience. But at one point, she had to, like, um, kind of, like, she asserted herself a little bit just to say, because everybody in the room was like, ah, therapy, it's so expensive. It sucks that it's hard to get to. And don't get me wrong, there are so many hur- hurdles and mm-hmm. cultural, social, economic. Um, but she's like, if we're not actively dispelling the myth that it is financially 
unattainable, then right. people are never going to seek it, even if even for free or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I want to put that out there that like therapy doesn't have to cost you a bunch of money. Um, and maybe we can talk about ways that yeah. is true. Mm-hmm. First things first, though, we are not sponsored by Talkspace. We're not. WTF. <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> we because so should be. <laughs> we're totally unqualified. <laughs> um, so I'll talk about my experience first because I didn't have the best experience and... I think it might be dis- it might be comforting for other people. Like it was really overwhelming for me to find a therapist because mm. you Google what do you do? You're you Google it, right. <laughs> um, uh, and you Google therapy, um, and then like a thousand therapists in your area show up. Oh, so if many! You, if yep. you live in a city, and um, then you have to like pick them by their weird profile. It's like dating, really. <laughs> And you have no idea. Right. Except for like you also have to like then pay them to talk to you. Exactly. My dream dating scenario. Um, And uh, and then you have to like align it with your insurance. Um, Yeah, I think this is a perfect example of Sam and I not being experts. (laughs) But for me, I think I went through my health insurance that I had at the time, like through the Mm -hmm. um, what is it called? Website. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Marketplace, like maybe list of providers. Yeah, and um, and found like a like a health and wellness center, and found a therapist that I thought like looked visually safe, <laughs> <laughs> um, or like I don't know, warm. Yeah, and she was fine, and I think I saw her for a summer. Um, and then I also shout out to Talkspace. I used Talkspace for two months last summer when I was dealing with a lot of depression and anxiety. And that was cool. Uh, Talkspace, for those of you who don't know, it's like where you can message a a licensed therapist in your state and you can text them or message them and you pretty much have access to them like all for five days out of the week at any time. So um, I I think that they put parameters on it, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but like, I it was almost like emailing a pen pal, like going back and forth. She would message me within the hour, I think, whenever wow. I wrote her. Um, and that was kind of nice because at that time I, I wasn't necessarily in crisis, but I was in like a heightened mm-hmm. mode of needing. So I really did need like somebody to redirect me all the time. Um, and I found that that was uh, while affordable, it was a little steep um, yeah. for somebody who was on a budget. Um, but I do want to say it was affordable, especially because the first month is discounted. So mm. people want to try it out. I would definitely say try that out. Uh, the only thing that is hard about that is that if you're not a huge communicator via like typing, mm-hmm. um, it, it can be really challenging. You had to, I had to like succumb to the vulnerability of it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I would much rather type someone than like talk to them directly. <laughs> well, for me, it was like I was trying to like c- craft a beautifully formed essay. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I yep. mean. And oh my god, you want to know something really funny that has to do with therapy and and dating? I was talking to that woman. <laughs> I was messaging her, and I messaged her like this long email, like confessing like anxieties I was having about the relationship I was in, and like how depressed I was about where I was living, and and just some some mental health stuff that I was dealing with and I crafted her this like long beautiful letter and then like three hours later I just sent her a one message letter that said and then he dumped me (laughs) 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 Ah, 
it just goes to show that like doesn't matter how eloquent you are, life still bites you in the ass. Oh, so true. Yeah, so it's, true. That's like a sign of me just trying to like control things, you know, like to mm-hmm. control a beautifully crafted letter about how fucked my life was at the yeah, time, right? Like turn it into some sort of poetry. Yeah, who me never. <laughs> anyway, um, what was your experience? Um, I've had a lot of experience with therapists. Yeah. Uh, my first one was like I just Googled them and then went to their uh, to their office and they were like, we don't take your insurance. And then I like broke down crying. <laughs> so <laughs> I was drinking. I almost spit it out. OK. Um, yeah. That's you know, a- because it was like really hard to like. Yeah. Get, get there. That, get get there. And then yeah. to be like, I mean, she was very nice about it, but she was just like. I don't take your insurance and like, this is what my rate is. And I was yeah. like, I can't afford that. And she was like, there's not much I can do. Yeah. Um. So I would say make sure that if you have insurance, if it is cost prohibitive and you have insurance, like go through your actual insurance company to find the providers that, yeah. that are available When I to was you. going the first time, my copay was like 10 bucks That's a awesome. visit. Yeah. My therapist doesn't take my insurance, but I've been with her for so long that I like... <laughs> Have a special just deal. Need to, just need to go to her. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's that's an adult priority. Right. No. And that's like, that's also it too, is like, I was like, well, what, like, this is important to me. My mental health is important to me and I want right. to prioritize it. So I'm going to put it into my budget and like make room for it because it is important to me. Right. Um, and like, luckily I have the capability to do that, but it is like, I mean, it is a, it is an expensive thing to do, but it, because my mental health is a priority. I have to right. put my money where my mouth is. And right. that, um, but yeah, like going through insurance uh, does work. And I would say like, you're going to get a list of a bajillion different providers. So f- figure out what things are most important to you when you are going through that list. So like, for me, it was like, they have to be able, like they have to be LGBTQ friendly and they yep. have to like say that explicitly in their profile somewhere. Yep. Um, and so that was really helpful for me to like weed through some of them. Um, and then like, if you're interested in a certain type of therapy, like I was like, I don't want psychoanal, like, I don't want psychoanalysis. I don't want people like trying to interpret my dreams. Like that's not going to be helpful for me. I want like actual tools. Like I want Mm -hmm. behavioral tools to help me get out of the way that I'm thinking. So like focused on that. Um, for me, gender was important. I really wanted to talk to a woman, which is also legit like this is the the time where you can be as like choosy as you want to be because it is about you and being as comfortable as possible so like don't feel bad if you're like i want to talk to a man yeah because that was also something for me i was like i don't really feel comfortable with talking to a man unless i know that he is gay right totally no offense straight men um this is about safe space and i think that there are a lot of things to consider um i will say though as as accessible as I'm sure some resources are, it is overwhelming. Like, there's not yeah. only, like, the shame of finding a therapist or, like, seeking mental health help, um, which should be eradicated, um, but it's also overwhelming. Like, the, you, for me, just like you said, Googling it or looking on your, your um, health care provider, if you have health care, um, can be really overwhelming. And I hate sure. that it, I wish that it was like, I wish we had like a Tinder for therapists, <laughs> you know, where there was like a little bit more accessible. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And most therapists though, will let you have your first appointment for free. So like, if you go to a therapist and they're not for you, then you can like 
not go to them anymore. So nice. it's not like there is some of that burden that's taken off to just like try it out. But it is it is hard. Like, I want to talk about um, etiquette, too, about the ability to leave, you know, just mm-hmm. like you can like leave a first date or not return, you know uh, but I first want to say, I don't know them offhand and shame on me for not doing any uh, pre-episode work. But I'm confident that if you have a mental health organization in your city, mm-hmm. um, an advocacy center or anything like that, um, there are so many people dedicated to providing free or affordable mental health resources. Yeah. Check um, out the NAMI website, which is the National Association for Mental Illness. Yes. And they should have information in your area about what providers are available and what resources are available. And I just want to encourage people, um, for those of you out there who may not be in like a fiscally sound place where you can't prioritize a therapist or you don't have health insurance, I think there's no shame in any of that. Um, uh, I just want to like encourage you to seek out the resources that are available because that's not anything new. That's not even anything special. I think that the mental health advocacy world deals with things like financial boundaries all of the time. And so that there's got to be resources out there. If not licensed therapists, there's resources like Just Breakup. I'm not including us in there, but, you know, there's resources like To Write Love on Our Arms that has a blog, like a wonderful curated blog on mental health. You know, Mm -hmm. there are mental health podcasts. There are um, uh, accesses to conversations and resources out there um, outside of a a typical therapist. However, both Sam and I think that everyone should... it should be a fundamental right, right? For sure. Even like uh, groups as well. Groups yes. are often free. Yes. Um, because they don't require a therapist yep. to be there. Um, but that might also be helpful for you as well. Um, I am not going to say which one, but for the transparency's sake, I will say that I've been to anonymous meetings before. Oh. Yeah. And I found them very wonderful. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the last thing that I would just say is also ask your friends. Like I found my therapist through my best friend who has also seen her um, and have like referred her to other people who have asked me um, because like, first of all, let's tear down the stigma around talking about Mm -hmm. like our therapy and our mental health. Um, And also like, you know, your friends, like they, they are obviously going to this person because they're a good person. And, and I will say that sometimes it hasn't been that my friend who I've referred to my therapist has gone to my therapist, but she has been able to be like, okay, this isn't working or this isn't for you. So like, here are some of my other therapist friends that you could reach out to yeah. that I know are good at their jobs totally. and are, are queer friendly and very nice and accepting. Yeah. People want to help. Um, I also want to say that you don't have to stick with somebody if you don't like them. Yeah. Um, it's, it, they don't. It's not a personal affront to them. You're allowed to gift yourself a safe space and somebody to talk to you. And I also want to say, you don't have to be in crisis. Oh, no. I have definitely been, I have to call myself out on that. Is that like I seek out mental health counseling when I'm in crisis or mm-hmm. breaking mode. Um, but I really wish that I would make it a priority in my day-to-day life because I don't think, I think it would not only like help me in my mental health, it would help my relationships, my podcast, everything, yep. you know. Um Healthy, right. Mental health should be the foundation to which you grow your life on. Right. And I think often we like think about therapy as being like, okay, I go to therapy, I get the tools, and then I'm done with therapy, and now I have the tools to like fix everything in my <laughs> life. <laughs> but like therapy is actually about the act of talking through things that you're going through with someone who is impartial that can 
can help you see things in a different way. Right. And it's not just about like, okay, well, when I get really stressed, I breathe 10 times and then, and I learned that from my therapist. It's like, no, you go to your therapist and you're like, here's what happened to me this week. It's a lot. And they're like, that sounds like a lot. Because fuck, like, it feels good to be seen. <laughs> right? Yep. Ugh. Yep. So it's not, I think it is like a, 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 continuous thing and not just a oh I go to five sessions and then I feel like well I've learned everything I need to learn so I'm done are you calling me out (laughs) (laughs) no I'm calling other people in my life out. (laughs) (laughs) it's me and everyone all right let's get into our letters okay Hey friends, did you know that most Americans think that they spend about $62 per month on subscriptions? But get this, the real number is actually closer to $300. That's literally thousands of dollars a year, half of which we've probably forgotten about. Thankfully, there's Rocket Money, and Rocket Money finds subscriptions that you forget about, and they can help you cancel the ones that you don't want anymore. I did like a mental tally before we started recording of like how many how much money I actually pay on subscriptions every month, and I would have told you like, I don't know, 50 bucks. And after like 30 seconds, it was like into the hundreds. So it's really great that Rocket Money exists to help you manage those unwanted subscriptions. That's right. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it within a few taps. I I love how the dashboard shows me the monthly spending as compared to last month so I can drag myself, you know, once a month. Uh, and I can clearly see all of my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Uh, I was not kidding earlier when I said this is, episode is very salacious. It is. It's so scandalous and dramatic, and we love it. And we <laughs> let me say that before I get into the letters. We live for the drama. Yes, we do, and we 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 lived a full life preparing this episode. <laughs> um, not that we don't feel bad for people in these dramatic situations. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. Buckle your seatbelts, kids. <laughs> All right. Here's the first one. This letter is from Keith Matthew, who's writing to us from Monmouth. Oregon, Monmouth. He he put yes. it phonetically in the letter for you. Yeah, but I'm doubting the U sound, Monmouth. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Keith. You tried to help me, but no one can. Monmouth? Monmouth? Okay. <laughs> Hi, Sam and Sierra. I'm a cis gay man in my last year of university. Congratulations. Amazing. 
I'm sure you're like stressing the hell out right now. You're like, <laughs> no, don't seriously, have I'm like, it's finals time. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, I don't have time to listen to you guys. Um, okay, because my university is in a smaller town of less than twenty thousand people, I turned to the lovely dating apps of Tinder and Grinder. When I first started using dating apps, I was nervous because it was a new experience. But as when things went, I became more comfortable, and now it is a habit that I feel like is a crutch. I deal with undiagnosed depression and use dating apps as a double-edged sword. I use it as a coping mechanism for my loneliness, but it also exacerbates it at the same time. Girl, that is so real. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um... Through my own growth of my understanding of myself, I use it to fill a hole in myself. Anyway, going into the main part of this letter. Recently, I was talking to a guy who I thought we had a lot in common with, such as similar majors, uh, same interests in social justice, the right amount of flirty. The The time came for us to meet in person, and we went on a hike, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and we got to know each other pretty well. The next day, we went and saw a movie and walked around the mall. This last weekend, we met up and had a picnic with him and his friends. Afterwards, we went to a gay bar to hang out and enjoy the experience. While there, when we had a moment of downtime, he told me he wanted to be just friends, which I can totally handle. Unfortunately, it's happened a lot. I don't drink, but he does, and he had a few drinks, and during dancing, he would dance with me, around me, and on me. I'm not the most comfortable with close contact of sexual dancing like grinding, which I told him, but he continued trying a little bit. I was getting a lot of mixed signals from it, but I understand friends can have sex. He invited a person from Tinder to come to the club, and within minutes, they were dancing all up on each other and making out. That made me very uncomfortable, and it felt like it was showing off what I was missing. Because I was the DD, I had to drive them home, and they ended up hooking <laughs> up. That was a wake-up call to me because I felt so used and toyed with. I was angry and crying. I couldn't sleep that night, so I drafted and sent a mes- message to him to tell him how I felt, how I felt disrespected, and how we need to reevaluate our relationship. We talked one more time about him not toying with my emotions because I thought it was clear I was looking for some a serious relationship, and I thought we were on the same page. Turns out we weren't. He has read the message, and I know not getting a response back in, in itself is a response, but I desperately want one to see what's going on in his mind. I made the decisions to delete all my apps and focus on myself, but my question is, how do I move past this emotionally breaking event, and what head and heart work can I do to fill this hole in my heart? Thank you for any advice, and I love you both so very much. All right, Keith. Thank you so much for writing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for writing. This is obviously a f- horrible experience <laughs> that you never deserved. No, absolutely not. Ever. No. But I think the biggest piece of advice Sam and I have is that you're going to laugh about this date <laughs> in five years. You're going to tell people this and they're going to gasp and shriek and laugh with you yes. because it's going to be the night of the most insane <laughs> date ever. That's It's so fucked up that this happened. It's so dramatic and yep. over the top and unfortunate that this all happened. Um... But when the hurt goes away, it's just going to be that. It's going to be insane, right. you know? Yep. And, like, that is, you know, in the moment, like, these things can hurt oh, so badly. So bad. Um, Nightclubs are the they're the setting for the most dramatic, <laughs> most painful nights of my life. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's like the bass street, the bass beat makes it 
more intense. <laughs> <laughs> and the flashing lights. Yeah, and like just everyone, like, it just breathing. rattles all my my drama out of me. Oh, for sure. Um, but like Sierra and I have stories like this. Yes. From when we were 21. Yeah. Do you have any embarrassing stories? I can tell like a very similar thing happened to me <laughs> where I like met this guy at the saloon and we were supposed to like hook up that night. Yeah. Uh, and then like bar clothes rolls around and like we're like, so it's like, okay, what are we doing? And we're like, we're we're supposed to go back to his place. But then there's like a third person still with <laughs> us. And we like walk this third person home. And then like the guy and the third person start like smoking pot and then start making out on the couch. And I was like, I don't know where, but like, what am I supposed to do? Because and it was like three in the morning at that point, And I... Didn't have a car, so like, and the buses in Minneapolis stopped running at like two uh-huh. in the morning, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where I am, and like, am I just gonna like sit here? And then they eventually stopped making out, and then I went back with the guy I was supposed to hook up with, and we hooked up. So <laughs> that was salacious. That's my word for today. So like, here's the thing: shit happens. Shit happens, and it's awful. Don't get me wrong; it's humiliating. No, like watching the person I was supposed to be like hooking up with who I had like authentic feelings for too. It wasn't just like some dude I was supposed to hook up with, like making out with another person. And yet I didn't have the (laughs) self-respect to not hook up with him. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Hey, on the bright side, Keith, you like might have saved someone from like you know, getting a DUI or hurting themselves or others. True. <laughs> See, That's a like great a way to look saint. at it. <laughs> um, hey, I have a I have a um, a scandalous story from the uh, saloon also. One oh, time, great. Never go to the saloon is no, the moral never. of the story. <laughs> One time I was there dancing and drinking and having a good time and I looked over and Sam Blackwell was making out with my boyfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That was so funny. Okay, but here's my real bad joke. Um, or my bad... <laughs> my face is so flushed right now because it's all flooding back. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. Um, anyway, uh, my bad first date is I went on a Tinder date with somebody and they were... <laughs> they had run a marathon that day. Oh, uh-huh. And... Um, uh, I were like also like a um secret alcoholic. <laughs> like I didn't know that when I started dating them. Uh-huh. But so they'd run a marathon, so their body was all like, you know, sensitive. Yeah, messed up. Yeah. Um, and then they got drunk so fast, like on a couple beers, because their body was so uh, right. like out of it that when I went to the, <laughs> so they were like already like kind of slurring their words, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I went to the bathroom, and I came back, and. They had eaten all of my French fries, <laughs> and that <laughs> wouldn't be a big deal because I'd never finished my fucking French fries anyway, uh-huh. except for they denied it, <laughs> like, to my face. Like, and I was like, did they just, like, disappear, or did the waiter come over and eat them? Uh, and then I went home and slept with that person, too. <laughs> so... I guess what we're trying to say, Keith, is that at least you didn't awful. sleep with them. Really, like Dave is awful. <laughs> at least you didn't sleep with this schmuck. Uh, we're not trying to laugh at your pain, um, but dating is crazy. It dating is, crazy. is a wild ride, and um, uh, you're gonna laugh at this. You will. I promise. Ten years from now on a podcast, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. But I think, so how do you get over this emotionally awful experience? You look at the, the fucking hot mess that you missed. <laughs> <laughs> like, missed that boat. Cool. It right. sunk. <laughs> right. Um, no, but it is hard if you, like, really no, no. like I know. him. Oh, and, no, like, I know. I think we're laughing right now because we are removed from this embarrassment. Sure. And we're hoping this makes you laugh a little bit, too. Right. Um I think that you know the. It sounds like you know the right head and heart work, which is to maybe not date right now, mm-hmm. to maybe um, uh, to to continue expressing your firm and hard boundaries, which is you told them you, you told this man that you weren't interested in um, n- like a friends with benefits situation, mm-hmm. um, and I I. I think Sam and I really truly believe that there's somebody out there who wants to go home with you and oh, wants to sure. date you Absolutely. and wants to dance up on you in a way that you enjoy and not a skeevy way that like makes you uncomfortable. Absolutely. And like we all fall for people who are dumb and stupid to us. <laughs> oh, just wait. <laughs> um, and it is really hard to get over those people because it's like. It's almost embarrassing. It is. It's embarrassing first that you liked them. And then secondly, it's like. Wow, I couldn't even win over this fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're like, you, it, you want it to work so that all like this, this, the embarrassing things are worth it. Yeah, right. But like, let's talk about let's let's close out by saying, Keith, like, what could the, you want this guy to respond? But what could he say right. that would undo any of this? Right. That would make Sam and Sierra say, No, yeah, go on a second date with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what would he say that would make? That really embarrassing night worth risking again. Yes, absolutely. And that's and that's the thing is like he's not going to say anything to make you feel better. Like it's now up to you to to do the head and heart work, which I think you know what it is to make yourself feel better. And honestly, we keep saying that this is like an embarrassing night for you. There's nothing embarrassing about what happened for you. It's embarrassing for this dude who was like, I'm going to bring this guy who's into me out to the club and then I'm going to have I'm going to have him drive me and my hookup home. Like because we're drunk, he should be embarrassed for himself. Yeah, that's just like asshole behavior. It's like. Unex- like it's like somebody eating your french fries or making out with your boyfriend <laughs> right, right exactly <laughs> like i like in that situation i was not the one who was like doing stupid stuff yeah i think what we laugh at is the things that we're willing to put up with yes oh and that's God. what's so funny about it is like <sighs> wow we just like didn't didn't know ourselves well enough no, to didn't like treat this. ourselves well right and so that's i think what's great is that you now have the opportunity to like learn from our mistakes yeah 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 and say <laughs> you know what i'm gonna demand better absolutely and you you deserve better and you have the ability to ask for better and you are doing that right now and like that person who you were trying to hook up with wasn't able to give you better and that's yeah. that's okay you missed out on <laughs> mediocre sex probably <laughs> Amen, sister. Amen. (laughs) All right. We love you, Keith. Thank you so much for writing. Absolutely. Our next letter comes from Jen Lotz, who is writing from York, Pennsylvania. I love you two beautiful people so much and hoping you can shed some light on this confusing situation I'm in. Mm. My guy and I got married young at 18 due due to him joining the military and us wanting to move together. Mm -hmm. We were high school friends and got together right after graduating and married a short year later. 
The start of our marriage was everything I could hope for. It was like being with my BFF every day. We had so much respect and love for one another. I never once questioned his loyalty or anything. Things seemed great. One day I decided to go through his computer. I never did but had a gut feeling to and found hundreds, honestly, maybe a thousand emails exchanged between him and several different men discussing meeting up for oral sex along with tons of sexual photos being exchanged. The email started before we got together and continued throughout our whole time together. As far as I know, he is straight, so seeing a ton of men with his email took me by surprise. When confronted, he said he never actually met up with any of those men and it was just an innocent behind-the-screen thing, and he is in no way gay or bi. We worked through it, but then the resentment and fighting really kicked in. I told him we should separate and he should take the time to explore his sexuality, and I took these conversations as a violation of my trust and considered it cheating. We were apart and recently got back together. Now we are 24. I snooped again, and the emails never stopped. I've tried to be a friend and support him through this, but I keep getting hurt. I love him so much, and I don't want to lose him from my life. But this has caused so many fights and trust issues. We are both at our breaking points. We tried counseling, but he is so embarrassed of what he has done and keeps denying his bisexuality. I told him I wouldn't mind an open relationship. I just want him to be honest with me. Mm. He has no interest for that and says he loves me but and just wants me, but his actions don't show that. I want to help him, but my heart's been shattered too many times, and I just don't know how to trust him, or anyone for that matter. Thank you for carving out time to read this. You both have helped me a lot more than you know, but I'm hoping for any words of wisdom or truth you could shed on me. Heaps of love to you both. Grateful for what you are doing. Thank you so much for writing, Jen. Oh my goodness. This is such a intense, painful letter. Absolutely. Um, First of all, uh, Jen, we're so sorry that this is impacting your marriage, your relationship so much. Absolutely. And that you've been you've been going through this for such a long time, too. Yeah, like totally. getting together at 18 and you're 24 now and it's still a conversation that you're having. Yeah, totally. Um, I want to unpack like a hundred different things, <laughs> but I've, I just want to say I cannot believe it happened again. Yeah, um, that I can. Well, Sorry. Yes. No, no. I mean, I can like, I can if I look around the world <laughs> and think about like, I don't know how like soul crushing things are generally cyclical. <laughs> For um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, dang, girl. I just, yeah. I, I guess what I want to say is like, dang, girl. Yeah. I, I'm so sorry. That second blow just hurts. Ugh, it just all the more. Yeah, totally. Um, you said that like this. Is a vi- you feel like this is a violation of trust whether he met up with these people or not, and you are absolutely, oh, absolutely correct, hundred percent, right? If you it, on in the other way around, like I love that you wrote that you'd be willing to have an open relationship with this person because it shows me that you're that you understand that the parameters of relationships don't don't have to be confined by monogamy. Like it sounds right. like you're like time out for a second. Great job of not being not not penalizing him for his. Prote- potentially um, non-heterosexual, non-monogamous sexuality, whether he's repressing it or not, it sounds like you have been very encouraging for him and supportive of him exploring this. Yes. And that takes some fucking guts and it takes a lot of kindness and compassion to prioritize someone's growth and self-acceptance, maybe over your own comfortability and wellness, you know? It does, for sure. But there's that's also like a... Double-edged sword, sword because, you know, 
what what we want is to make sure that you are also present in this decision as right. well. Um, because we don't want you to erase yourself in order to make him happy or make him stay with you or l- allow him to figure out himself because you are also a, a person who is going through things yes. and you also have the right to explore and to demand things and to establish boundaries yes. in the same way that you are creating so much space for him to be able to do that as well. Totally. And I was saying before, like at one point, Jen writes about saying that she'd be willing to be in an open relationship, but he says, no, he only wants to be with B. And I just, Jen, I want to say that back to you because like, if he only wants to be with you, you're totally 100% correct. His actions are not showing that. Mm-hmm. And what he's not saying, maybe what he's not vocalizing is, I don't want you, Jen, to be with other people. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not just, oh, baby, I just want you. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> That's right. bullshit. I'm gonna, it's a huge bullshit. Yep. Strike one, strike two, strike a thousand emails <laughs> to, you know, people. Yeah. Um, and what he's really saying is, I don't. Want, I don't want to give up my control over your body, your sexuality, your intimacy. Yeah. And I don't want to give up my comfort in this relationship. Right. right. Like, and that is what the issue is, is that like he gets to be comfortable, but you constantly get to be the one that is betrayed over and over mm-hmm. again. And like, that is not, that is not what partnership looks like. Correct. That is not what a healthy relationship looks like. That's is that right. one person makes all the sacrifices and the other person gets what everything that they want and then some. <laughs> yeah, totally. And don't get me wrong, girl, like I'm sure you know just as well as Sam and I do of like how poisonous internalized homophobia is, mm-hmm. how po- poisonous shame is. Yep. And when you're ashamed of something, you will bury that into the ground until it literally rots you from the inside out. Absolutely. Um, and sure. that's what's happening. If he's not willing to go to and I'm not saying your husband's gay, I, like Fuck the binary, right? Fuck sure. the idea that sexuality can be um, contained in three titles, you yep. know? Um, instead, it's just like a, it's se- sexuality is so fluid and um, ever-changing. Like, let's not worry about that. But he obviously has some huge internalized shame and self-hatred that he wouldn't even go to a, a counselor, a safe space, mm-hmm. with his wife who's willing to bend over backwards for him. Yep. To maintain the, your relationship, um, that 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 is one hell of a drug. Absolutely, and there's there is so much in that that he needs to unpack in his understanding of himself and of his sexuality. Um, but the thing is, is that you you don't need to do that, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, you have created more than enough space and safety for him to actually do that work of unpacking that, and he hasn't. Yes, and so now. The question is, is like, do you have any more space to give? And I don't think that you do. And it's so funny that you said that, Sam, because one of the notes I took was what space is he taking up? Yeah. So you I love that you use the word space because like what more space can you give him? But also like what space is he taking up that like someone else or something else could fill? Like you are young, you are learning, you are growing, you are experiencing this world. And how much of your attention and energy and effort and love are you giving out to somebody who is repeatedly betraying you Mm -hmm. and who's not willing to show up for the head and heart work that like you are? Absolutely. And I think what makes it hard, what makes it so difficult is that I think in this situation specifically, 
you and me and Sierra can all understand the what he is going through. Absolutely. In terms of his his shame about about the things that he is doing and the ways in which society have helped create that shame for him. And like we can totally understand that and empathize with that. But the problem with empathy is that sometimes it comes at our own expense. And you have given up so much time, so much space, so much of your kind, loving heart to him. Yes. And he hasn't taken you up on the offer yet. And it's time for you to say, offer rescinded. I need to take care of myself while you figure out what's happening with you. Yes. I do want to say, I want to give like one resource for the idea of staying together. Mm-hmm. Although I want to clarify, Jen, that both Sam and I feel like you have you have given him enough. Yep. Right? Now is the time for you to to reclaim your time, to reclaim your peace and your sense of self-worth without him. And if he needs to make it up to you, or like he's the one that needs to not just crawl back to you, but build a whole new world yep. for you to live in right. before you put a single you know, like drip of sweat in, of effort into this. Absolutely. And the thing is, is like also people don't change until they're made uncomfortable. Yeah, And he is very comfortable right now because he can, he gets to have you and also the secret life on the side. Like he doesn't have to bring both of those things into the sunlight and stare at them. He just yes. gets to like hide what he doesn't want to under the rug. And you are allowing him to do that, even though you know that it's under the rug. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Um. And I'm going to just leave it at that, and I'll use the um, the book reference I was going to give you as my blind date. <laughs> so listen to the end of the episode. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> this is so good, because you're just, like, keeping people listening, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like, yeah. You, can't, you can't turn us off. No. You, no. I mean, they, technically, they could literally just skip ahead. No. Shh. <laughs> yeah. Don't remind just them remember, of that folks, option. We have no ads, so <laughs> just the bullshit that we spew of our right. own accord. <laughs> you are opting to be here. <laughs> okay. Um, Jen, this is a big flaming pile of hurt. Yes. Uh, yep. And Sam and I just hope you feel a little bit seen, a little bit heard, a little bit like uplifted, um, because this is your time to prioritize yourself, mm-hmm. not the self-discovery of your husband. Right. Right. You've been there enough. Yep. Who is Jen alone? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think you should figure out before you consider giving this man another shot. Absolutely. We love you. Thank you for writing. Thank you. All right. Our last letter is from Mel N. Kali. <laughs> Mel N. Kali. <laughs> Mel is writing to us from the void. <laughs> I almost... <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I almost said it, but I it's fine. I got you, girl. That's I got right. you, Mel. You caught okay. yourself. That's what's ma- that's all that matters. Yeah. Um okay, Mel writes So, I get dumped a lot. I'm young, 22, so I know the likelihood of a relationship lasting forever at this point is not great, but I can't help but feel I am usually the one on the receiving end of a breakup that seems to come out of the blue. A few years ago, I was broken up with by my first serious boyfriend of about a year in the midst of some various serious struggles with OCD and depression. After a while... A while after that, I was in a relationship for about eight months that I ended because I was still really struggling with depression, as well as some serious personality differences that made the relationship difficult for me. I'm extremely lucky that about eight months after that breakup, he reached out to me and we have since managed to have a very supportive and great friendship. Since that breakup about 15 months ago, I've done some serious head and heart work been in lots of therapy and spent lots of time cultivating my own hobbies and interests and feel like I have finally been in a pretty consistently good place for some time now. 
However, in this time that I've been doing much better, I've somehow managed to have the worst time when it comes to dating. I've been ghosted, ignored, and most recently dumped on three separate occasions in a span of five months in the span of five months by the same very emotionally unavailable guy that I, of course, managed to fall pretty far hard for. Mm. Although there are, of course, things in that relationship that I could have done differently, mainly communicating the little things that upset me and being more insistent that he opened up and give emotionally to the relationship. Surprise! The times I tried, it didn't go well. I truly believe that I was a good, kind, understanding, and patient partner to him in the midst of his emotional withdrawing. While I feel like I've done my part in grieving the relationship and feel like I could date again, the idea of getting dumped again is deterring me because, well, it sucks. I found myself, despite really trying my hardest to be positive and remind myself of my self-worth, I find myself falling into the hole of fearing that there is something inherently dumpable about me, that for whatever reason, I'm not worth an emotional investment or even more so that a relationship with me will never feel worth the work it takes to work through the difficult parts of dating and partnership as these breakups came with previous without previous discussion or communication about the issues causing them to end i'm a very sensitive person me too <laughs> Uh, and I'm quite empathetic and highly driven to find emotional intimacy and closeness in my relationships. And I really value the emotional labor of dating and cultivating a partnership. And I don't want to become a person that is guarded and avoidant of these things and holds people at arm's length. But I fear that the pain and frustration that comes from being broken up with will force me into that. How do I let go of being dumped a lot and keep trusting and opening up in all the ways that I value in the future? I hope any of this made even a little bit of sense, and I appreciate your time spent reading it. Love the podcast. Peace and love. All right, Mel, thank you so much for writing. Yeah, it fucking sucks to be dumped. Oh, it does. There's nothing like it. No, nothing (laughs) nothing quite as soul-gutting. Um... I think we chose this letter particularly because of the word dumpable mm, mm-hmm. um, and that you said you just feel so dumpable and inherently unworthy. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, we obviously are going to, I don't know, disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fundamentally disagree. Yes, yes absolutely. Right, right. But we wanted to talk about the idea of like. We wanted to demystify being dumped a little. Yeah. Because guess what? Like, we are all dumpable. I know, right? I was just going to say that. Like, we are all inherently dumpable. Right. <laughs> like, and, and all of us. It, it's, it's kind of because, like, dating is, you know, a bastard child of uh, chaos. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and the idea that, like, we can... That things go wrong all the time and people we have no control of the other people mm-hmm. and and we can fall in love with these people who are so unsuited for us and yet still we want to make it work for them because we think that romantic love is the greatest thing that defines us, yada right. yada yada. Yep. But we're all like I've been dumped. Oh, I've been dumped. Multiple times. Multiple times, many times. Let's talk about it. Let's break it down. <laughs> when were you most <laughs> surprised? Um, I was most surprised like, with the guy that I dated for, before Peter. And it was, I mean, I knew, I knew the dump itself was hap- going to happen because he stopped talking to me for like a week. Oh yeah. That's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I was like, so he was like, okay. And then he texted me and was like, can I come over so we can talk? And I was like, well, clearly I know what this conversation is about. Yeah. But like, it was just weird. Cause like things had been going so 
well. Yeah. And then suddenly it was like, okay, we're done. We're done. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, totally. And I think what like Mel is writing about is so hard because like when you don't have like it's like getting hit by a train. Yeah. You just want somebody to like tap you on the shoulder and being like, hey, look, here's the train coming. (laughs) I mean, both are awful, right? True. Right. Both are like wildly disfiguring (laughs) emotionally. But But at least if you can like put your arm up or something, maybe you can save your face. Or or you can lay back and think, come on, train. (laughs) And then it just slides over you while you like lay on the track. Yes. Yes. Maybe that's it. Like, like if you're emotionally prepared for it, you can just like hide under it like a James Bond person. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, we're weird this episode. Um, Anyway, um, like you want warning, but it hurts either way. It does. For sure. The no warning is just like gut wrenching. Yeah. Oh, my God. I the worst thing about like my most recent breakup is that I could I didn't feel it coming. I like sensed it, you know, like all of a sudden I was like, you're never going to leave me. Right. (laughs) Oh, my God. I feel like that's like as you get older, you start to like get spidey sense of like it was a total spidey sense Tell that something is wrong. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like like obviously we had an unhealthy relationship, but like there had been no signs that we would break up. And all of a sudden I was like. It's going to end. You're going to leave me. You know what I mean? It was still baffling. Read my one sentence letter to the therapist on Talkspace. And he dumped me. Yeah. I sent it at like one in the morning, too. It was like definitely like a late night. Hey, you up, therapist? Oh, my God. This episode... Has been off the rails the whole time. Uh, that's because I'm getting over a sinus infection and I'm PMSing. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, it's awful. I'm trying to think about like, I definitely was surprised by a breakup many times. Um. Yeah, it was all awful. <laughs> it makes me sad to think about. Um, and then I think the worst thing is like. Is like when your anger dissolves and you just want to like go crawling back to them. Like, oh, yeah. There's like an angry part where you're like, ah, wait, wait, let me think about this. One, two, three. Just Mel out there, I think I've been dumped like at least five times. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, and there has to be more than that. Oh, five, six. I just, I'm just trying to like normalize it, you know, just to be <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. everybody's dumpable. I feel like I've been dumped. At least five times. Right? Yeah. yeah. There's got to be more little ones that, like, I didn't. Yeah. I'm not it's like where I about. didn't really care about them that yeah. much. And they. Yeah. 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 Um, and now, Mel, let's make you feel better. <laughs> After we told you that, like, everybody hurts, you know, everybody cries, everybody's yep. dumpable. Um, doesn't really sound like this emotionally, like, unavailable schmuckhead was a good match anyway no definitely not i know that's really hard to like internalize when you're in your pain but like all of the things that you're valuing are what make a great relationship great yes you got to find a great partner who can meet you in the middle i think about language like when two people are speaking like non like for example when this is let me explain this metaphor a little bit (laughs) okay great. (laughs) let me let me go on a tangent love it okay uh when i was in germany um I was performing and I would like be the only English speaker in the audience, but they, they German speakers understand like 90% of my English. And so it would be like a, it'd be like a German show 
a poetry show and then one English poem, <laughs> right? It was very bizarre, mostly because I felt really culturally lazy mm. that like if communication is like walking across a bridge together and meeting in the middle, mm. um, these German people who learned English as children, they didn't just like walk across the other side of the bridge to meet me in the in the act of communication. They built the fucking bridge. <laughs> me, the lazy American, just sat on the other side of the bridge like, you come to me, come speak to me. My language, you know. Yep. Um, okay, so that's my communication metaphor, but I think it can be applied to relationships as well, right? Like, yep. it sounds like Mel and to all of our other people who wrote in today and all of our listeners, yep. like, there are times in which you don't just cross over to the other side of the bridge to meet someone where they're at. You build the whole fucking bridge and they just yep. sit there in their emotional inadequacies or mm. their trauma or their growth and they make you do the work for them. Absolutely. But in a healthy, equally beneficial relationship, you're going to build that bridge together and you're going to walk across and you're going to meet it in the middle. Absolutely. And that bridge is going to be built on all the things, Mel, that you value, like communication and intimacy and closeness. All of these things are going to come to benefit you with the right partner. Absolutely. And that's the thing is like this, the, the men that we date that make us feel <laughs> <laughs> the most shitty are also like the shittiest men. <laughs> Yes, like last episode, I was like, it's really easy to trust people who are trustworthy. Yeah, right? <laughs> that blew my mind. Right? And that's like, and that's the thing is that like seeking, um, seeking relationship from men who Ask Polly would describe as tepid dudes, which are just the people that are like sitting there and like, hey, why don't, why don't you come, come to me? Tepid folks. Let's, <laughs> let's be genderless. <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah, who are just like sitting there waiting for you to build the bridge to them. And then when you do, they're like, actually, I didn't really want you to build this bridge. And then they burn it to the ground. And then you're like, what? why did I put all of this emotional effort into it? Totally. Um, and so it's not it's not that you are inherently dumpable, although we all are inherently dumpable. It's just that like this guy, I think particularly, was just a guy who wants to dump people. <laughs> Sick fuck. Just kidding. Who's like obviously clearly not ready for emotional availability, for communication, for like putting the effort into a relationship. And that's not a reflection of you because you are there and you are ready to do it. It's a reflection of how dumb he is. Yeah, totally. And how unable or unwilling he is to actually be in relationship with people. Totally. And I think like being dumped by a bunch of tepid people is not a bad thing. I think it's actually a reflection of the strength of your character, of your willingness to do the work, of your asking for what you want, of of your demanding good communication, of setting good boundaries, because that is what freaks tepid people out the <laughs> yes, most and makes them bitch. want to dump you the quickest. Yes. <laughs> and so there will be someone out there who will want to have that conversation with you, who will want to build that bridge with you and and don't feel bad that that some awful dudes are are not there for you because that's on them and it's not on you. Yes, absolutely. We love you so much, Melancholy. We hope this helps. <laughs> Thank you so much for writing in. All right, so that is the end of the episode. At the end of every episode, we shout out something that we want to send you home with. We call it our blind date. Uh, this week, our blind date is... Okay, so it's a book I was talking about earlier that I have not actually read. Oh, great. <laughs> Good 
would be awful. <laughs> totally unqualified. Um, but I actually was like looking at some books to add to our relationship um, uh, library that like our Patreon subscribers have been helping us build. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that um, I realized that we were not um, totally experiencing at all is open relationships and polyamory. And Mm -hmm. that's something that neither you and I have ever explored. Um, And this book was recommended to me by um, a friend, actually, and it's called Opening Up, A Guide to Creating and Sustaining Open Relationships. Oh. Yeah. So, Jen from Letter 2, I don't think you should buy this book. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want to, check it out. It's by Tristan Teormino. Teormino. Great. Yep. Yep. That's probably Um, it. (laughs) Totally. Um, and it was highly recommended. It's I, I like anything that's called a guide, anything that's going to make me feel like when I'm feeling vulnerable and overwhelmed, that's going to, you know, concierge or tour, tour guide me through this experience with me and my partner. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think you should check it out. I'm going to buy it um, at the end of this month with our Patreon reapings. Oh, great. Is and then a pre- in a month, you and I will both be in open relationships. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bye. <laughs> um, yes. Thank you all so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. And also consider supporting us on Patreon. If you give $5 a month on Patreon, you get an additional bonus episode every single week. That's $5 a month for an additional weekly episode. Patreon.com slash JustBreakUpPod. This helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our good friend, Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, I think there are some people out there who need to remind themselves that they are whole and worthy by themselves. You do not need a partner to make you happy. And you are, more importantly, worthy of a partner who loves you unconditionally and well. You have the courage right now, as is, to leave a relationship that is not serving your best needs. And your future without them is full of amazing new opportunities. Your relationship status does not define you and what you deserve. And your timeline, your future is your own. And it does not need to be rushed. It's okay to put yourself first. And if all else fails, just break up.